Hiya, fellas, and 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 others. So this is uh, this is two track audio with Nick and Charles, and tonight we yes. are going to cover the entirety of the history of rock and roll in under fifteen minutes, counting the twenty five seconds yes. that we've been recording already. So, uh, Charles, where does and rock the, and roll? Sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say this is a two track audio addendum. <laughs> Which, like, yeah. We didn't talk about the set of it, but I think that's what we should call it. I was thinking of calling it a blitz, it but yeah. Addendum, all tr- all caps. <laughs> anyway, it's an addendum um, blitz. So, hey, so rock and roll begins. That's a right. That's what it's called. It's all the blitz. That's right. <laughs> this is a Dan Carlin's two-track audios hardcore history. Rock, all, rock and roll. All right, blitz. one minute in, and we've covered no <laughs> ground. In okay, so many people say that the first rock and roll song is Rocket 88 by Jackie Brinson and his Delta Cats. I don't know if you know that song. What decade um, is that? Is that, that the 50s? It's in the 50s. It's in the 50s, my boy. Um, there's, um, I mean, I guess, like, rock and roll starts with, like, a blend of country and, and blues. Yeah, they say it's, R&B, you know? yeah. Robert Johnson, look him up. You know, King of the Delta Blues, that's a great place to, to start. But anyway, so, yeah, so that first rock and roll song was uh, in the 50s, I suppose, right? Uh, exactly, and then you got uh, you got Elvis doing his thing. You got a little Chuck Berry duck walking around. You got uh, a little Tutti Frutti from uh, uh, Little Richard, and then all those people, all the fifties rock and roll musicians, either die, um, uh, uh, go to prison, or um, uh, you know, like in the case of Little Richard, he saw Sputnik up in the sky, and uh, it it was it was he had this like religious epiphany because he thought it was a sign from God. And uh, which is crazy. That's like a crazy look it up. I think it's as far as I'm aware, that's a real thing. Um, he became like a reverend. Um, but uh, and then we then we get into the 60s. <laughs> so what happens in the 60s, Nick? Yeah. So the 60s are, are maybe a little more more interesting. Uh, I've always felt like things don't necessarily fit very well into decades. So in my opinion, the 60s for rock and roll start in like 1963 1964 yeah, that's probably true um yeah. and so you kind of have that with the, whole the beatles exactly with the yeah, beatles um the the beatles sort of hit the scene uh what was that the lawrence welk show was kind of how uh they, they became known to the world the I guess ed, you sullivan show. ed sullivan yeah, okay show. thank yes. you yeah so they they were on the the ed sullivan show there in 1963 uh, something like that, 64, 64. I think, from like Broken America. Okay, sure. Uh, with I Want to Hold Your Hand, went to the top of the charts. Absolutely. Uh, and then that starts, like, a whole, um, obviously, it's something that already been going in England, you know, of these, like, English blues rock bands. Right, so you've got the Rolling Stones and the Who are two big, big the, contemporaries. The yeah. You've got uh, the Kinks, uh, more on the pop side, along with the Beatles, and... Um, then you've got like uh, uh, you know, the Beatles start experimenting with sounds and with substances. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, then like uh, psychedelic rock becomes a big thing. Okay, but but let's let's pause and, here for a minute. Guys, we have to we have to rewind because because so far uh, so the fifties we're discussing I think primarily American artists, but in the sixties those early sixties the Beatles the Stones the Who the Yardbirds those are all English artists. But what's going on in America in the mid sixties? 
I'll be honest with you. Prior to like 1966, I have no idea. Well, and I don't think it was there. a lot. You know, I don't think it was a lot compared I think to. It's, I mean, there's the Beach Boys. I think the right. Beach Boys are like the clear sort of. But I think otherwise, it's got to be like. I guess you have like kind of like Burt Bacharach and like Carol King sort of. Sure, like, sure. Um, Brill building pop music, I guess. Like that's kind of the only other thing I know anything about. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think there's anything interesting going on in rock and roll at the time. No, I think it was more of a um, crooner area era. Like, yeah, I think so. Um, and I mean, that's really true in England too. But I think England just had like a bunch of bands that have really stood the test of time mm-hmm. and that were very commercially successful. Um, until you get into like. You know, but then I feel like a lot of the great like American groups from the end of the '60s are Canadian, <laughs> also. So uh, you know, because I yeah, think of true. like you know Buffalo Springfield and CSNY and like Joni Mitchell, sort of like. And I'm like oh, okay, but that's the, that's bands. that's and one band, group of five you know, friends. The, you just mentioned one group that, of five friends. That's true. <laughs> that is true. That is true. That is all the same people. Um, and I, well, I'm also thinking like you know the band are a big. You know, we, sure. We, we talked about. I'm a big fan of the band. They were all Canadian. Mm-hmm. You know and. Um, Oh, and you have Bob Dylan. Of course, Bob Dylan was happening before the Beatles broke. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Whole, He's folk huge. rock thing. Yeah, absolutely. The whole folk rock thing was, of course, like a big... And the folk movement in America was a big deal. Um, but that's not rock and roll. That's not what we're talking about. And we're already a third of the way through this episode, and we haven't even made it out of the 60s I think yet, we're making so. great time. We're making great time. So, that's true. So, okay, so so that's, that's the 50s, that's the 60s, that's America, that's England. Uh, what happened... I mean, everyone sort of understands there's this really... Uh, fascinating sort of cultural moment in the in the late '60s that rock and roll I feel like sort of gets swallowed up in. You have the you have the sexual revolution uh, mm-hmm. concurrent with uh, sort of a, a, a popularization of recreational drug consumption. Sure. On top of that, you have lots of uh, lots of important uh and passionate social movements occurring Mm -hmm. so all these things are occurring at the at the same time you know in the late 60s and then what comes out of that musically for the most part is is weirdly like the most random bullshit you've ever heard in the form (laughs) of progressive rock yeah (laughs) you know what i mean like it's like has it's like oh man you know in 1968 we uh uh you know uh uh uh, marched against vietnam and then in 1969 we sang about elves and and (laughs) uh, put put bells on our capes Mm -hmm, and uh which obviously we love progressive rock well what about what about psychedelic rock because that's that's more so uh what i'm thinking of uh with groups like uh atomic rooster or uh the crazy world of arthur brown the pink floyd oh sure i mean uh the birds in america are arguably the progenitors of psychedelic rock um with uh eight miles high and other records like that which were like um that is not a drug song but it is about um you know it is like like about this kind of like freewheeling experimentation that's sort of like uh uh has the the, the, the is the sonic equivalent of a drug trip you know as, as they say. <laughs> um, um so yeah so you got the whole psychedelic thing and that kind of becomes prog too i think Prague's pretty much like uh maybe like a reaction against like blues rock because you got like um you know, Zeppelin sort of revitalized that genre in the late 60s, too. You know, it was kind of dying in England, the whole blues rock kind of thing. And then they sort of, like, took it to the next level, and that became heavy metal. Which is, which is, yeah, that's a whole other conversation, because you're right, it absolutely was dying, because you had, you know, the Stones and Fleetwood Mac sort of doing that thing in the, I guess, late 60s and a lot of other, the sure. Yardbirds, I suppose. And, yeah, Cream. And is it, big... oh, Cream, of course. Yeah. Is it, 
we can't, we don't have time to discuss this, but is it, is it a very good thing? Is it really that good of a thing that Led Zeppelin revitalized blues and rock and roll? I think that most of the bands that are like audibly inspired by Led Zeppelin are terrible. So I, I, I don't know. Sure. I don't know if Great. it's good, but I feel the same way about Bob Dylan. So I, I don't know. I, I, I think yeah, like, it's a um, conversation for another time. Right. Uh, so, so that's, that, that's interesting. I, and I, you know, I actually, you know what? I don't take that back. I don't take either, either of the things I just said back. Um, okay. So, so we get into the seventies. Early to mid seventies. Rock starts yeah. to go up its own ass in the seventies. <laughs> like, I think, I think it starts to expand. Well, it starts it sniffing starts its get, butthole like, in like the yeah. early seventies. It doesn't go up its own ass. Yeah. Until By 73, Prague is imploding and becoming just like a parody of itself. I think. Mm. I think once you hit, like, I think once, like, Bill Bruford leaves Yes and Peter Gabriel leaves Genesis a year later, like, that's the that's the beginning of the end, you know? And I, I think, like, uh, um, I, I don't know that, uh, you know, I mean, the, there's, like, the love beach of it all. This is, of course, an Emerson Lake and Palmer podcast, the most important band in rock history. Oh, yes, Lake and absolutely. Palmer. <laughs> uh, they, of course, uh, had uh, multiple huge hits by now. Um, but then... Well, one uh, thing I think I'm, is important to note about about that early to mid '70s phase is that um, is that that was the era in music history when you had the greatest frequency of unnecessary like solos. It's like okay, well, time for the drum solo and try it, time yeah. for the bass solo, and you have entire like sides of albums dedicated to uh, close to meaningless sounds maybe because there wasn't a lot of creativity going on um then that i think that contributes to to rock and roll going up its own rear end sure for sure and and i think obviously there's a lot ton of great music in the early 70s um oh sure dark side of the moon baby hey dark side of the moon um uh yeah that's it (laughs) others (laughs) and um but then punk comes along and blows the whole thing up and uh Everything becomes like, and all the early punk bands are bad. Of course, um, that's not true. Obviously. So, 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 who do we call? Do we call the Ramones the first punk band? Do we call Sex I, I Pistols who's the first punk band? I think that the Ramones really distilled a lot of like they were the blueprint, for right? Because it was sure. an underground also, thing for a long time before the Ramones came along. Well, I mean, kind of not. I mean, it was sort of like. I mean, it depends on what you mean by punk. I think if you mean like underground artists like doing whatever they wanted then yes as far as like that sound of like chugging electric guitars like it was like them and then of course like i mean they had like contemporaries who were doing a very similar kind of thing mm-hmm. too the Rose just sort of popularized it but you have like richard hell and the voidoids you have the dead boys um and then other bands like television and talking heads and blondie who are in the same scene but didn't have, have that like hard-hitting punk sure sound. in in england you had pub rock as they call it which was sort of like a th- 50s throwback kind of a genre which became the punk scene in in england once they were exposed to what these american bands were doing and then you know those bands become like you know the lead singer from famous pub rock band the 101ers is joe strummer later the lead singer of the clash you know and they become the the next wave and then of course those bands like clash the damned right sex pistols so now we're at a stage um, in rock and roll history where you have a you sort of have like a mainstream and you have a punk stream and we just discussed the punk stream uh, which i would argue is where like 
the actual development of rock and roll is continuing. Sure, but then the spirit of rock. And but roll then you have a main lives. scene, and there there's not irrelevant music occurring in the main scene. You have Genesis, you have Rush. You know that's that's relevant and that's kind of mainstream. You also have what what I like to call you know butt rock. You have Van Halen, right. you have Guns and Roses, you have groups like that. Uh, we we don't really have a whole lot of time to get into that. We have about two and a half minutes to go here. Uh, so so, so take us through the basically 80s. Basically, nothing, happen, nothing happens through the 80s. <laughs> no, I'm just in the 80s, uh, you have the college rock boom in America with bands like R.E.M., who are the greatest band that we will talk about uh, today, and uh, The Replacements um, and stuff like that. Husker Du, you have the underground, uh, like, pu- underground punk scene in America um, that kind of after punk broke, there was this sort of like american reaction sort of to like english punk in a weird way Mm -hmm. like new wave where it became very underground again for a long time which then led into grunge directly right Um, right and you also have like electronic music we didn't even talk about that do we count that as rock and roll we don't have time to count it as rock and roll (laughs) that doesn't count that's bullshit um so then nirvana breaks i'm cutting (laughs) this i'm cutting this episode i don't care how far we're, we're we're cutting it at 15 so that'll be fun. Um, so uh, then, like, uh, uh, I think in the early 90s, we see this big – the alternative becomes the mainstream. Right. I think um, bands like R.E.M. break into the mainstream in a big way in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. And then Nirvana, of course, like, take that to the next level. Oh, absolutely. Something relatively inaccessible becoming – not that they're inaccessible. They're pretty – Well, and you actually do see like, the flow pretty pretty consistently from from bands that lead up to Nirvana and then Nirvana's progression and then the artists that uh, follow Nirvana. You see like by the end of the 90s, the early 2000s – Yeah, yeah. Pearl Jam is a magnificent <laughs> example. You see how, how mainstream and almost poppy it gets um and and so that's something but then you know you've got the early 2000s uh two bands i feel like maybe sort of personify the early 2000s are uh cold play um and uh well the white stripes the white stripes and green day come to mind but we're yeah oh sure uh sure. so well green day were more 90s right i actually don't know i think green i think day dookie was. came out in like 2002 Sorry. something like that but oh, really but oh, uh wow you know. okay right. hey cool i'm into that yeah um, so thanks for the, coming the, to the hey, episode green day the end of the apotheosis of rock and roll absolutely <laughs> yeah nothing is <laughs> frankly truthfully nothing has really developed since then so uh, that's not. I, mean, really... I don't think that's true. Okay. I think we live in like a. Uh, I don't listen to a lot of contemporary music, to be to be fair. But yeah. I think we live in a in a rock and roll diaspora. That's pretty interesting. Sure. Well, we got to wrap up. I'm going to cease recording in three, two, one. Mm-hmm.